If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Athletic Brewing Company is reimagining beer for the modern, active adult. Their great-tasting athletic craft brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover. You can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, and still be healthy, active, and at your best. And win AB1 North American Brewer of the Year at the International Beer Challenge, the judges were shocked to find out it was alcohol-free. I mean, seriously? buzz-free beer that is better than the rest and to top it all off is part of athletic brewing two for the trails program two percent of all their sales are donated to causes and organizations that support healthy outdoor active living through park and trail cleanup and maintenance whether you've decided to cut alcohol out of your life for good for a night or just one drink Athletic Brewing Company provides an option without compromises that you're guaranteed to enjoy. To try their award-winning non-alcoholic beers, go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code PNF20. You'll save 20% off your first order. There is free shipping on orders of two six-packs or more, or you can use their store finder to find it on shelves near you. Athletic Brewing. Brew without compromise. Segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News, Adeline Finn Podcast, with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lavery. What's up, everyone? This is Sean uh, bringing you another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Powell and Finn Podcast. Um, as always, with me is my trusty co-host, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? What's up? Ryan uh, did an awesome job of covering for me last week. I had to bail in the middle of our podcast. Uh, I was on call and got to work, so I wanted to say uh, a quick thank you for doing that uh, and apologizing for bailing in the middle of the podcast. But I am back. I am not on call this week, so I should be here for the duration of the call. Um, yeah, I'm excited and relieved to be off call. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet with all this weather we have right now, yeah, you yeah. don't want to be driving in that anymore. And you have to, not not particularly. So, well, tonight we have a special guest with us as usual. Tonight our guest is Debo from Debo's Fishing. You might have seen him on YouTube and uh, follow him along on Facebook, Instagram, places. We'll cover that at kind of at the end, but. Uh, Hey, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be on. No problem. Definitely a pleasure to have you on today. Um, so uh, for those uh, guests of our, or for the uh, listeners who don't know uh, you or aren't familiar with your channel, um, why don't you just uh, run through a little bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, maybe how you got into fishing, and also, if you feel like it, how you got into YouTube. Sure, yeah. So Devin from Debo's Fishing, I started, gosh, how long has that been? four years ago i want to say now i started my youtube channel um so probably like you guys i've been fishing since i was a kid you know my old man got me into it um had me in the boat when i was probably five years old you know an old john boat um so he really sparked my desire for bass fishing you know you, you see your dad catching these fish and you know he helps you catch fish and you get into the whole like we were talking before the whole tackle part of it and i was just a little squirt you know have my own tackle box and back then it wasn't you know you'd, you'd hop on and, and do tackle warehouse orders like we do now you get the bass pro catalog and you'd have to you know rip it out and fill out your little codes and stuff and it seemed like it took forever to get stuff but um you know i remember doing that stuff with my old man my grandpa fished and stuff so really my my family got me into it 
Um, and that's kind of what got me into YouTube. So I, I fished all the way up until high school. Once I got to high school and college, um, I took a little bit of a different path, did some stuff, uh, got injured doing that and ended up finding my way back to bass fishing. So for the past probably eight years or so, um, hard back into bass fishing. So it's kind of rekindled my, uh, you know, my fishing desires. And then, like I said, I think four years ago, I started my channel. Um, but like a couple of years prior to that, actually a couple of buddies that I worked with, um, had been fishing with me and I was kind of teaching them stuff. And they're like, dude, you should start up a YouTube channel. And for me, I didn't know anything about you, like that part of YouTube, you know, I knew a YouTube and stuff, but I didn't have like Facebook, Instagram. I was totally against all social media. I was one of those people, like I hated it. I hate drama. Um, so I didn't have any of that. And finally they kept pushing me and I watched, uh, I think it was, uh, Cornell from YouTube fishing vids. If I remember right, it was the very first fishing video I watched. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, people are doing stuff to help each other. And, um, so that was kind of my plan was just to kind of share my story with folks and, and try to help along the way. And I never thought I would get, you know, more than a couple thousand subscribers. So it's, it's done way more than I thought. That's awesome. Awesome. I think uh, we were talking before the show, and uh, I think the first time I ever watched your channel, I had uh, was just still learning to use a baitcaster, and I had saw a video that you did on how to pick out, uh, how to easily pick out a bird's nest when you baitcast, and then also kind of how to not baitcast or uh, bird's nest if you uh, if you were trying not to. So um, that was how okay. I first found out about you. Cool. Um, but uh, then I just a few weeks ago we we talked to Bailey from serious angler and um i was following up on some of his podcasts and saw that he had talked to you hmm. and um yeah bailey's a good cat yes definitely uh that was a fun interview too so um but in the process of doing that i i uh, went revisited your channel and saw you doing some uh real cleaning uh and real maintenance videos and really kind of in-depth teardowns of of that and i figured um with just the way the weather's going um I mean, even heck, Ryan is sitting out in his garage in freezing temperatures now. So <laughs> Hardcore, nobody, man. nobody right now is immune to um, the weather we're having. Yeah. So I figured, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of our listeners are going to be struggling to get out on the water right now. Even our our, our pals, uh, Dustin and Armando in Texas are getting hammered. So um, I figured this would be a perfect time to really talk about, you know, things that you can do when you can't get out, like real for maintenance. Sure. And it's definitely something I've neglected for a long time. Um, I'll be totally honest. I've never really done much in the way of maintenance. I don't know about you, Ryan, how you do much rate maintenance on your real Um Yeah, I've done it. My biggest issue, which I hopefully we can get that, get into that here is keeping up with the parts and how they go in together because I know I'm, I'm terrible about, you know, even if I try to lay out the parts just right, I forget like, okay, do these washers go this way or this way? And then I yeah. end up like knocking some off in the floor. And I, and if I do find them, like if I find them, then I don't remember where they go or which way they go and all that. So it'd be cool if I, uh, figure out like some strategy on how to like lay it out when you're taking it apart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We can cover all that for sure. So I figured we'd start out by uh, maybe talking about when you do the maintenance, like what do you do every time you're off the water? What do you do maybe a month monthly or, and then break it down from there. Yeah. Um, Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Do you think that's a good place to start or what do you think? Absolutely. I think that's a perfect place to start. Um, so for me, like when I was starting out, it's different when you've only got a couple of combos. I think it's even more important when you've only got a couple of combos because, you know, if you've only got one or two reels that you're out just beating the heck out of, it's they're going to take that much more abuse. But if you've got a rotation of rods, you know, you've got some of those rods that you might not really touch, but, you know, a few select certain times. So you know, just starting out, I honestly think it's even more important than that. Something that I kind of tinkered with when I was a kid 
like my old man was always, you know, switching stuff out and I would take some of his old reels that he didn't like and just take them apart and mess around with them. And, you know, like you were saying, Ryan, that happened. You lose screws, you knock parts around. And for a long time, it was just me messing with them. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, just taking stuff apart and tinkering with it. Um, and then when I got more serious into it, uh, like eight, nine years ago, whenever that was, all the stuff that I still had was from high school. Like that was my most recent stuff that I'd just been using forever. So it was super old quantum stuff. Um, I still want to slap myself in the face. I've sold my old Corrado 200 E7 for like 50 bucks on a rod, um, which a lot of people say that's the best reel ever made. I found one. I just got one in the mail. I found a local guy. So anyway, um, cleaning that stuff up and kind of switching stuff out. Well, I only, only had a couple of new combos. And for me, I spent like, you know, 50 bucks on a couple that I bought my first hundred dollar reel. I had never spent a hundred dollars on a reel. Um, the lose LFS was the first one. So for me, like when you're just keeping up with it normally out of the box, I don't take them apart and do anything with it. I know there's some people that as soon as you buy a reel out of the box, they'll take the side plates off, they'll clean off the excess grease. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do, but I would say nine out of 10 people don't, you know, mess with any of that unless you're hardcore. Mm -hmm. So through a year, it, I mean, it really depends on what you're around and what you're doing. Like if you're in silty places, like if you're fishing river stuff, you're going to notice it more where you're getting more of that silt and stuff that, uh, you know, sand, rocky type debris that can be getting in there versus just fishing, uh, you know, urban ponds and stuff. You're probably not going to be getting a lot of that. You know, you're not laying it down in sand or dirt, you know, more than likely. Um, so for me, the big thing is to make sure you keep your paw clean. So that's the teeth, those silver teeth up here. That's what move your, moves your line guide back and forth. You see there, and it's really just like a little U-shaped piece that fits in those grooves. So as you're turning that handle, that turns that worm gear and that's moving your line guide back and forth. So I know that's one big thing um, that I see on like some of my buddies reels and stuff that I've worked on. If that gets really dry, that little kind of fork piece in there will catch on the sides. So if you've ever had a bait caster where you're reeling it and then your line got to get stuck to one side and you're reeling it and it's still literally just stuck there, that can be one of the culprits. Like my frog and reel, I'm always getting like slime and slop and, you know, gunk up in there. I should have grabbed that one because I haven't cleaned it yet this year. Um, but you get stuff stuck in there where that line guide can't get all the way over to the side. And you'll notice it on your line too. Like your line will bunch up on one side you're like, what in the heck's mm -hmm. going on? You'll have like a whole bunch over here. It's because it gets stuck there. So you might do, you know, two, three, four rotations while that line guide's stuck here and it's just balling up before it kicks over. Um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. And it's going to depend on if you use oil or grease. So out of the factory, these are all going to come greased, your, your worm gear here. That's usually what I do. Um, but like if you fully take it apart and it's kind of the same thing with bearings, we'll probably get into that too. But if once you start putting oil on stuff, you have to keep it maintained. So like I say, if you're somebody that doesn't like to do maintenance and stuff, it just grease it. Then you don't usually have to worry about it once a year. Um, at minimum, I try to twice a year, but honestly, recently it's just been once a year just for time's sake, but that, and then just wiping stuff down, you know, when you take your side plate off and you're checking stuff, you know, making sure you don't have any sort of, you know, gunk getting inside here. Usually that's not a huge issue, but Anytime you start to hear stuff getting grindy, crunchy, I mean, you'll you'll know when something's going on. And then usually, you know, take your side plate off, uh, pop your spool out, see if there's anything in there. Um, those are kind of the big things, I guess I would say. Just just normal upkeep. And really with those, um, it's just going to be simple rubbing alcohol, some Q-tips. Now, this you have to be careful with because you don't want to get a bunch of that Q-tip fur in there. So a toothbrush, an old toothbrush is great for cleaning that out. And then you can get little um, grease deals like this, little tubes of grease, and just put a couple dabs in there and then just work it back and forth. And that'll, a lot of times you'll notice it smooth up just a lot from that. And what that grease that you have, what what specifically is that? Or is it just general? Man, there's a, there's a ton of them. This is Abu grease. I like that stuff. Um, this to me was a lot stickier than I tried this Ardent Real Butter. I didn't really like that. <coughs> Um, but the Abu stuff was good. Otherwise, like my main grease is going to be the Shimano grease in the white tub. Okay. It's the Shimano drag grease, but like, this is a little more expensive, but it's the best. Like it's super sticky and you'll notice once you start cleaning your main gear and stuff inside the reel, 
um, like the ardent real butter. I didn't like, I know some guys like it, but it seems like it, like it would pull off, you know, like when you grease a, a you know, a, a, like a trailer bearing, you know, that sticky where you pull it off and it will make like the little mountains and kind of hair off. It's real, you know, tacky. That's yeah. why I like this stuff. Cause it's like, it sticks on your gear better. I felt, but it depends. Yeah, who you talk to. When I've done it, I've just used like a, the Walmart, like Ozark trail stuff. You can buy like a yep. thing of grease and a little thing of oil and you yep. know, it's like a few bucks or something like that. That's how but, I uh, bought these. I, yeah. I, I definitely, I, I've been curious about that. Like whether it's just as good or not. I, I imagine it's not as good as some of that, uh, upper brand stuff, but so I, I, it's what I needed, like what a good grease would be, like to go a little bit further. It's you know a, a little bit better grease to use for that. Yeah, I would just say get like I've heard of some people putting some crazy stuff, like people spraying WD forty all over it and saying, "Well, I greased it with WD 40 and they're like, "It's fine." Then they're like, and I'm like, maybe not. Um, people have used like vegetable oil. You're like, yeah, I put vegetable wow. on there. It should be good. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So, I mean, anything like, yeah, you can get these little little kits cheap. Um, and, you know, like I said, for me, like the main the, the main uh, gear, the Shimano grease, I really liked. But, I mean, there's there's like hot sauce, quantum hot sauce. There's, I forget what the blue one is. Um, there's a blue grease out there. I mean, it really depends who you talk to. So just these at, you know, even if you're just getting a cheap one of these, this is better than nothing for sure. Okay. Well, and then general for application, how do you, uh, well, we can talk, maybe talk about that or do you want to cover that now or. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Um, can I, can I ask applying, a question real quick? Yeah. Like, but before we go further, this kind of touches on something you already said. Um, you, uh, you were saying something about like buying a brand new reel. Most people don't touch it or anything. Do you, do you feel like there's specific brakes that maybe need to be uh, have maintenance done to them out of the box? Because, you know, I, I'm a big Daiwa guy now. Like pretty much all my reels are Daiwa. And it seems like when you get them like new, like they maybe don't have as much grease in them. And you need to do maintenance a little sooner, I guess, because I, I got some, you know, used a couple times and all of a sudden they're making noise you know, like they need to be greased. So do you feel like that at all or is it yeah, just, I just got bad luck or what is it? It's going to depend. No, and I think actually Daiwa might be one of them where they ship it uh, drier than others. If I remember right, somebody else I was talking to, I've had, I mean, I've had experience both ways. Like you'll get some and you'll literally take them out of the box or you took the side plate off, but like you'll get them out of the box and you'll touch it and you'll literally notice like your hands are all greasy. They'll over lube it for shipping. Cause you know, a lot of the stuff is coming from China or Korea where they're making them Japan. Um, and they'll over lube it because the stuff's going to get dry. Like, especially with oil, you know, oil is not going to stay wet on that stuff all the time. Grease is obviously a little bit better, but once they ship it and depending on how long it sits on a shelf, that's why a lot of times they'll add more than they really need to. But yeah, like you're saying, I've got reels before too, that you get them and they feel bone dry. And I think actually it was my Daiwa Fuego. Now that you say that was one of them. I, I, I believe that's what, uh, the issue, the one that I had issue with. <laughs> was that really? Yeah, I think uh, actually, my, was it yeah. was it making a screechy sound when you cast it like? Eee! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's actually a spool. Um, and a way you can kind of test that is if it's only when you cast or if you're like reeling in, because a lot of people automatically go to bearings. Like I've helped a number of people with sounds and stuff, and a lot of people automatically go to what's well, bad bearings. And usually that's not the case because the bearings are so well hidden. So like this is an Abu Garcia. What is this? The ALX or ALF? This is the ALX, the older version. But you take that spool off and normally they're going to have a longer spool shaft that actually goes through and pushes on your spool tension knob. This one's a little bit different because they have that free spool design. But um, that's usually the case. So if you take that spool tension knob off, unscrew it and put just a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of oil on that um uh, spool rod here and they're just an itsy bitsy tiny like dip inside that um, spool tension knob usually that'll clear that up because that's like so one of the oil, big things is that grease dry oil yeah so grease okay. a good way to remember it is grease on gears 
oil on other moving parts is kind of how I remember it. Gotcha. Cool. I try that. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting you, Sean. You can, uh... No, that's a good question because uh, I was thinking, wondering about that too. So, um, but yeah, generally for when you're applying grease and oil, like what is your application method? Um, so less is more for sure. So, like I said, any gears I'm putting grease on, um, and really I'll just pack it with my fingers. Like grease, I don't use any sort of applicator. Like this, when you open it, I've had, I don't got another one that I've used a bunch out of, but like you can see when you open it, you can just use like a little fine paintbrush um, or just your finger and you're just going to pack it in those gears, you know? And then as you turn it, you don't want to go around the whole thing and glob it all off because the first thing people are going to do to test if it's, you know, good and smooth is what are they going to do? Go and spin it real fast, right? And it's just going to spin all that grease inside your real handle. So, uh, or inside the um, handle side plate. So less is more when you're doing that. Um, especially with oil, like I've seen some guys that'll oil their stuff and like literally the oil is dripping out of it. So it's really going to be a lot of times I'll just take it between my fingers and oil certain parts like that spool shaft, because on like the longer spool shafts, usually your spool is running on bearings anyway. Like the spools, your spool, the, the actual shaft doesn't need to touch anything to spin. Um, and it's easier to see on those big ones. I should have grabbed a different reel. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're going to have your spool bearing in there. That's actually running. And that's, what's really spinning your spool or those bearings is where it's sitting. Usually you'll have one under your spool tension cap uh, as well, but. Okay. Um, all right. So that would be general, like, you know, kind of regular maintenance. Yep. Um, and so is there a step, a next step where you go right to basically the next time you would touch it? other than that would be to do like a full cleaning. Yep. A full cleaning. And like, like on my videos, I took everything apart. So when you take that handle side plate off here and, and pop that off, like I literally took every single piece off and stripped the frame to bare minimum just to show people. Um, but I honestly don't do that every single time, especially if it's a reel you've been taken care of. So when I take something apart, I'm going to take that handle side plate off. And a good question that you asked earlier that we were talking about is parts. So, the handle assembly and everything's pretty easy. I lay them in the order I take them off and I always orient the reel so the main gear shaft and handles up. I orient it up and everything I take off, I put down straight, right? So that way I know when I pick it up, it's gonna go right back on here like this. Um, but with our camera phones and everything now, take pictures. I can't stress that enough that every single step you go through, just stop and take a picture. That way if anything gets knocked or, um, you know, you think you've lost a part, just check every single time before you take any piece off even, because then you've got a reference picture. So, you know, if, if you're only taking pictures after you've taken stuff off, you might be like, like you were saying, Ryan, oh crap, which way do these goes on? Like the, um, there's two little washers that go on your drag, just two little round guys and they're bent. Mm -hmm. And you want those two bent pieces to fit like two C cups together like this. Cause that's, what's going to push together and make your drag strong. Some guys will put them like this where they fit together. Like, I don't know, two spoons yeah. in your, in your uh, you know, drawer. You put them together like that and it's not working. It's just going to sit down and your drag won't work. So, you know, just little things like that that you wouldn't really think of. So before you take a piece off, take a picture, take it off, take another picture, take it off, so on and so forth. I was going to give two, those quick... two little watchers. Go ahead, Ryan. I was, I was going to comment saying uh, those two little washers have been a very common problem with me whenever I have tried to do my own maintenance. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. I was going to say, just for uh, <laughs> those uh, the, those listening just on the, uh, on the podcast, not watching on YouTube, um, you can definitely check out uh, Devo's channel uh, if you uh, just look on YouTube for Devo fishing and um, real maintenance. That's how I actually 
kind of found, I was just kind of looking for someone to go talk to about real maintenance. And that's how I found it. And he literally goes through, you go through step-by-step step exactly what you're talking about, how you lay it out on the mat. So for anybody who can't see what he's talking about here on the, on YouTube, if you're just listening, you can definitely go check it out on his YouTube. Cause it's, it really is uh, in depth step-by-step. Step. And it's kind of amazing when I was watching that, all the gunk and stuff that you do see in that <laughs> rod, like every little nook and cranny you open, there's more, more stuff. Yep. And I'm like, I'm afraid to look in my rods, man. Cause I'm, I'm thinking they're probably tra- trash. Yeah. Inside. Some of them are, some of I'm interested to see this. Uh, like I said, I finally got one of the mean green Corrados again, interested to see what it's going to look like when I open that one up. It looks pretty clean on the outside. So I don't think it's going to be bad, but yeah, like some mild man. So my old man has a, a, a workshop in his garage and he keeps everything out there. So he does a lot of woodwork. Oh my God. I oh, took one wow. of his apart. It was <laughs> ridiculous. Like the sawdust and it was like hard black grease. I don't even know how that happens, but it was, well, I've got, I've got one of his old bantams. So I'm going to uh, do a whole breakdown and I can't wait to see when I open that thing. Cause I can tell it's got a whole bunch of sawdust and I might have to get a chisel out. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was going to ask you about too. I know basically you're, you're doing a lot of um, bait casters. How much different are spinning rods? I mean, I, I have a bunch of spinning rods too, or, spinning rods if your spinning rod needs clean i would say throw it away and buy a new one (laughs) (laughs) i hate i hate doing spinning rods i'm a nerd and i love taking stuff apart i'm a huge gear guy but like spinning or did i say spinning rods spinning reels um spinning reels there's you know when you're taking the bail apart there's certain springs when you take the the plate off you know there's certain springs and stuff i hate them i'll i'll be the first to admit i have an old shimano as a symmetry that I've had for I don't know how long. I've never cleaned it. I refuse to. <laughs> I've done it a couple times, only when I have to, but I don't use my spinning stuff nearly as often. So if you're just taking off like the main side plate, like if you take off your bail and you don't mess with everything, you know, like where it oscillates and moves up and down, if you're just taking that side plate off and greasing, it's not bad. But yeah, talk about losing tiny springs and stuff. You know that you know when you when you pop your bail back over, you know little things in there. If you're taking the arm apart. Cause I dropped one in sand and it was like, dude, it was a nightmare. Oh, I hate it when you're just trying to get a spring off and it goes, oh, and man. you're like, Hey, Hey, can I find it? B I have no clue how it was oriented on right. there. And it's right. going to go back the same way. So well, no, I, I hear you. After hearing that, I'm glad I'm not much of a spinning gear kind of guy. <laughs> Sean can deal with those difficulties. Yeah, yeah, I got some learning to do there. But <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more into baitcasters. I think I actually, I probably, probably have about the same amount of baitcasters now that I have spinning rods because I've, I picked up quite a few baitcasters lately. So you, well, you get that DC now. So yep, yep. I got the SLX DC. That's been my my biggest purchase so far, and nice. Been a lot of fun to play with. So yeah, I've actually got one now too, but I haven't got a chance to use it yet. I got it for Christmas, and I ain't been out. Did you at least go out and play in the yard or anything? <laughs> no, I, I haven't even strung it up or anything. Oh yet, my so. goodness! I wanted to hear that noise, yeah. so I I took it out like right away and. <laughs> No, I haven't. Uh, I didn't have a line that I want to put on it right now. So, and I haven't been anywhere to get any, and I haven't made an online order or anything. And I don't want to order like just a roll of line, you know. You know, it's at least fifty bucks for free shipping. I'm cheap, so. <laughs> so yeah, I still got to get line and stuff for it. Cool. So, all right. Well, so do you want to break it down and do what? What were you thinking about doing? like kind of step-by-step or how you do it or what, what do you think? What's yeah. So like the next step. Yeah. So really, like I said, take pictures every step of the way. But once you, once you take your main handle side plate off, like this main piece here, you're really just going to see a bunch of gears and stuff as far as like the main gear and drag assembly. So on your, your main um, handle shaft, your, your main shaft here, um, you can literally take like all that off in one piece. So you're going to be looking at the main gear, you know, the big, the big gear with the teeth in there. Then you're going to have like an assembly of drag washers. And that's really all that I like clean. So I'll take a a toothbrush and clean the other stuff, but on like a regular yearly cleaning, I'm not popping off like, you know, the, the yoke and I'll clean like my pinion and stuff, but, and, and all that's going to kind of come off with your main gear, but everything else that's actually touching the mainframe, I don't take off. So your cam and everything that is going to move your, your, 
when you know when you click your thumb bar all those parts in there and stuff there's little springs connected to the mainframe i don't mess with that so i take my main gear off i clean like the drag washers depending on what they are some will be like a felt you have to be careful because you can tear them um like in a lot of the newer stuff now it's like a carbon fiber it feels like a rough round piece of you know carbon fiberish stuff i don't know how to explain it but those i'll just wipe on like a paper towel and then you'll have like metal drag rings kind of depending on what what reel you have you could have like two or four in there and then i'll just wipe those down on a paper towel clean them off because usually they're not going to be super dirty stuff usually doesn't get in there i'll clean my main gear with alcohol just regular rubbing alcohol on a toothbrush and then same thing for my pinion gear and that's going to be the little tiny gear that um, turns against your main gear. You'll see it's the one touching it. And that's actually what's hidden inside here where your spool tension knob is. It's the little gear that fits over your spool shaft. So the, the shaft that where your line is here on the spool, it fits over that. So I'll take that off, clean it. Um, everything else pretty much because, you know, really if it's metal to metal, that's where you want grease. Um, and I do grease like the plastic gears, but really everything else, like I said, less is more. So usually everything else isn't super dirty in there. I'll clean those off. And then when you get to bearings, so kind of like we were talking before, um, depending on what type of bearings you're using, uh, like if you go to an aftermarket bearing like these, these are spool speed bearings. I had the chance to meet Scott. He owns spool speed over at the Bassmaster Classics. Super nice dude. I was really impressed. Nice guy. But he sells these. You'll hear like Boca bearings or any of these aftermarket bearings. You can actually see through them. There's a bunch of little balls inside there. So these are ceramic bearings. These actually don't need any sort of oil or grease inside of them um, because they're not actual stainless steel. So you don't have metal on metal. They're a hybrid. So these you can run dry, but they're going to be a little bit louder. It's going to be a little bit more of a scratchy sound. But if you have like your regular sealed bearings, um, like here's one that I took out of a, an old bait caster, they'll have like a little metal sheath on it, right? And you can't actually see inside there. I don't know how well that's showing, but you can't see inside of it. Some guys will soak those in a cleaner or use like an ultrasonic um, cleaner. It's like a little pot and you put it in there and it vibrates it and it gets all that grease out of there. So then it's kind of your choice. So if you get like Boca makes this, um, Spool Speed makes this, but it's an ultra high speed lubricant, if that'll focus, but it's like a, a very thin oil. So it's made for bearings because if you glob a ton of oil inside these, it's going to reduce the actual spin, right? How freely it spins. And all your regular bangers are going to come packed with grease. So that's why they're so quiet, right? But they don't spin very free. So if you take like a, a reel and, you know, do the handle spin and then click the, you know, thing to see how long your spool spins, those are going to slow down a lot quicker because they're completely packed with grease in there. So that's kind of one reason guys will go to these hybrid bearings is one, you don't have to up, you know, do any sort of upkeep if you don't want. They're going to be a little louder, but you can run these completely dry. Um, other guys are going to put oil on them, but just remember once you start oiling something, it's going to be more upkeep and you have to oil it every uh, two weeks, maybe put like a little half a drop of oil in there. So some guys don't even mess with the bearings. Usually you're not going to get stuff in your bearings unless you get it like submerged in salt water, then it can just completely destroy a reel. Obviously we don't have any salt water here, but, um, a lot of guys will just leave their bearings as is. They don't They don't touch them. They use the factory greased bearings inside here and don't ever touch them. And honestly, I don't know that you're really going to notice a difference unless you get some sort of water or moisture in there where they would actually rust. And that's what I was talking to you earlier, Ryan, is you'll hear guys that will cast and they only hear that screeching sound or whatever casting. That's usually a lubrication problem. A bad bearing somewhere is usually going to sound like a grinding, crunchy, anytime you reel because those bearings are being put to work. But if you don't hear it when you're casting, you know, and you hear it while you're reeling, it's either, you know, something inside there or vice versa. If you only hear it casting, you know, it, it might not be a bearing. So, and it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. I've heard about yeah, people replacing their, uh, their bearings with ceramic bearings. How does that work? Is that, are they sized specifically or are they generally a, a pretty standard size? Or? Yep. No, they're completely different sizes. So um, I don't know how other companies do it, but like on Scott's spool speed, he'll have them set up for specific reels. So if you have like most of the loose reels are going to be the same Abu reels, which are all made in Doyo factories. Um, and each, each one like Shimano's are a little different. Dios are a little different. They're going to have a little bit different sizes, but he has kits specifically for the reel. And then if cool. you didn't, I would assume like Boca has something different too. You could look up the sizes, but 
Yeah, I'm, I'm often. I don't remember what I was going to say a minute ago. It wasn't very important <laughs> though. I remember that, but uh, but yeah, I've uh, you know, I've heard about people upgrading bearings and stuff like that. I've never known where to get them from though. So, uh, yeah, um, like I said, Spool Speed Scott's a great guy. I would I would highly recommend him. Super nice dude. Boca bearings, I know, are a big one. Um, Hedgehog, I think, has aftermarket bearings. So there's a few. If you look at like hybrid ceramic bearings, and you can get like the super cheap ones, you know, where you can buy them in like bulk type deal. There's places that do it. I don't really know where you get those, but I know some guys do that. How how much does it usually like just generally like to uh, buy bearings for a reel? How much does that usually cost? I would say like fifteen dollars is probably average. Yeah, because there's bad. usually only two or three. Yeah, there's usually only two or three bearings that you're actually changing when you cast. Now you can do like a full upgrade. Like I know Scott will, you know, you can send your reel to him and he'll do like polishing on the the main gear and he'll change every bearing out. So you know, if you're if like you're looking at a reel that has like what's this one? Does it say? You know, you see a reel that's yeah nine bearings. So that's going to be an eight plus one bearing system. So your eight bearings plus your anti reverse bearing. But really, when you cast, there's really only one bearing on the spool shaft and then one bearing. Um, sometimes in your spool tension, and then one bearing on your opposite side plate. So there's really only two or three that you're actually changing out when you change, like as far as casting bearings go. Mm -hmm. And is that something you do, or um, it depends on your on the reel? Or um, it depends. Like I said, I picked up a few from him. Um, I don't do it on every reel. It's kind of like I notice you do get a little bit more distance because some people are like, "Are you going to get what?" you know, 50 feet more distance. I did a video on it and I got, I think I averaged like, I want to say 10 to 20 feet, something like that. The big thing I notice is like, especially if you're using lighter lures, like when you cast, you might be getting the same distance, but you can literally cast like with half the power, I would say, or, you know, three quarters of the power. Like it, it just, it, it spins so much more freely and people were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, wouldn't you need to, to turn your brakes up to compensate for that? And it's not really the deal because, you know, when you get a good cast, like it's just kind of free spooling and spinning, right? Especially if you have a reel that has centrifugal brakes. Those brakes are only pushing up against that race when it's going at a high speed, you know, that initial burst. You know, it's pushing those little pins out. But then when you get it like a steady cast, oftentimes it's just going. So for me, I notice, especially like with lighter lures, there's less startup inertia. So you don't have to really cast as hard to get the same distance, it's easier, but you also do get some casting distance added. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis' ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. I definitely noticed that since I've started playing around with baitcasters that sometimes the the smoother I am with my cast, the less jerky, even when I'm trying to chuck it, if I'm more smooth, I definitely get better distance out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, eventually, you know, I figure as I learn more and more, I'll get to a point where I can be a little whippy, but still, you know, maintain that smoothness somewhat. So, but, uh, but I'm definitely not there yet. Uh, that's why I still am more of a spinning rod guy as opposed, because I still feel like I'm not as accurate with uh, a baitcaster, but uh, Ryan's kind of the exact opposite. So, um, Yeah, I, well, I've talked about it several times on here with a spinning rod. You know, if I've got a target that I'm aiming at, you know, I might hit within 10 feet of it. But a uh, baitcaster, you know, for the most part, I can hit it, you know, right there where I want it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. 
it's, you know, you can feather the spool and it's, it's really what you're comfortable with. Like I know guys that can put it on a dime with a spinning reel. And for me, it's just, I can't like, you have that one shot and you can kind of feather it, but like, you know, like you're saying, right. I can put it where I want and, and feather that spool and kind of guide it in. So it's just what you're comfortable with. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, uh, so we have it completely disassembled and then you, you just reverse the process to put it back together once you. Yep. Yeah. Put your grease on the parts that need greased, all the stuff that needs old. Um, like I said, less is more. That's the big thing. Don't glob it all over. Um, and then, yeah, take it off. The only other thing I was thinking of is if you do um, want to take the bearings off, you can use like a pair of channel lock pliers, but these are actual bearing pliers. So you can see there's a little hole here where this goes through and they've got different kinds of these, but you push it through and that actual pin pushes the little pin out that holds your spool bearing. Um, I would recommend this if you're going to change them all and use it a lot. I think it's like 25 bucks, but once you bend that pin in your spool, you've got to get a new spool. You're looking at 30, 40 bucks anyway, which is stupid when you've got a reel that costs a hundred bucks, you know, you're putting half the cost back in. So, but if you're not going to mess yeah. with that, I wouldn't worry about it, but you've got to be really careful with that. I remember watching the videos too, that there's like a little like C clip kind of thing that you got to mm -hmm. very carefully pry off. And I was always, that's yep. another thing that I've, I know at least once or twice I've launched <laughs> trying to, I have to, to get it I have off. Too. <laughs> they're tiny. Yeah. They're tiny. Like, especially yeah. if you have carpet, luckily I have like wood floor down here, but if you have carpet and they get like lodged in carpet, goodbye, you get your <laughs> vacuum out and hopefully suck it up and find it. Right. 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 <laughs> Um, uh, I, I, because I know, uh, I didn't lose y'all, did I? Nope, you're good. Nope. I can hear you. It, it it's just a second. second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to get this info because I know last year <clears throat> I was trying to do my own maintenance and everything. And, uh, I've got this quantum reel that I bought used that I was, ha I was already having some issues with it, but I figured like maybe cleaning would fix it. And now it's just sitting, you know, in storage, you know, no good really, except it, you know, unless it, anybody needs it for parts. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a quantum Escalade. So yeah, if y'all need for a quantum Escalade, hit me up. I got an extra reel for you, but uh, yeah, it's missing parts where I knocked them in the floor or some parts. So. So either it, it's there. bad to be missing parts, or it's also you know just as bad to be have parts left over when you're done. Because yeah. then you're like, oh, I, oh, I got it. This is perfect. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why do I have five screws left? <laughs> oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, mm, it works. Hey, yeah. Until you go out and cast it the first time, and the whole side plate falls off. Where's the electrical tape? Just yeah. wrap it up. <laughs> time to buy another DC reel. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. The only reason, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a Iowa guy, and uh, my dad for Christmas, you know, he, he tricked me. He he was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting meat because he's got a bunch of older gear. He don't bass fish. He don't fish a whole lot, anyways. But he definitely don't bass fish a lot. He does it more now that I'm into bass fishing. But he he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking about you know getting me a decent bait casting setup. And you know what's what's a good." reel and rod and all that and and he was like well what about this one is shimano dc and and i'm like i'm like yeah they're supposed to be good reels and, you know it's probably be good for you since you don't use a bait caster a lot you know and uh yeah that's what i got for christmas shimano dc and nice. uh, yeah I'm, I'm interested in trying it because the only other shimano reel that i've ever like bait caster was that i've ever used was this like one that i picked up off facebook marketplace for like 30 bucks and uh so go to from that to this high dollar shimano you know i'm, I'm curious to try it, but i definitely wouldn't drop that much money i don't know I, i'm not gonna say that because if uh i really end up liking it you know you never know i might end up needing another one so <laughs> but uh yeah as of right now i wouldn't drop that much money on a reel myself yeah, I'm I'm not there yet either, but I'm I'm glad to have one to play around with. So you got a good deal on yours. I did, I did. I bought it off a guy. I used uh, same thing, Facebook thing. So I was happy. Nice. Yeah, you can find good deals there. People ask about that, like how can you find cheap 
And that's exactly how I stocked up my arsenal. Like when I was trading out old stuff into that, it was I sold all my old stuff. Luckily, some guy bought like eight combos of mine and he's like, yeah, I've got kids and we just want them like sweet. So I unloaded like everything in one and I just started hunting Facebook um, and Craigslist. I don't know if people still use Craigslist, but both of those. And yeah, I've got tons of like, especially with bait casters, because you'll find guys that will pick up like one that they think is sweet and then they take it out and don't know how to use it. So they're selling it and they're like, I just want to get rid of it. I've only used it a couple of times. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Well, hey, perfect. <laughs> How much you want? Yeah. I, I know there for a while, like when I, when I started out with just a couple combos and, you know, I kind of grew and now kind of upgraded them to where I got like some decent combos. But at the time, at the time, you know, I just wanted to expand. So I had different combos for different techniques and all that so man I, I was all over it you know looking for you know i got so many reels that were like 20 30 bucks that you know were half decent reels yeah you can get good for like i just recently and i've never bought off of facebook marketplace i know that probably i sound old and corny but um one of my buddies when i was looking for those the old corrado because i'm like i gotta get one again <laughs> Cause they're getting harder to find. And I'm just like, I want to get one. I was an idiot, sold mine for 50 bucks. So I was hunting around and people sent me a couple links on Facebook marketplace. And there was a guy selling two brand new ones in box. Like they had, I mean, you could tell they hadn't been touched um, 200 bucks for both. And like guys regularly are selling them on eBay for like 220 plus each. So, wow. I mean, right there you could have, yeah, got essentially half price of what they're normally going for. And when I checked, he'd already, he's like, Oh, they sold out. And, so that they, they, they I listed them and I'm like, well, yeah, I see why. But yeah, yeah exactly. good place yeah. to find deals. I had the same thing. I had I saw I just happened across um, somebody was selling a Hobie drive, just the drive, and I was gonna. I'm like, hey, I could probably have an extra one if anything for parts. And it, it was the same thing, dirt cheap. He didn't know. I don't know that he knew what he had. Yeah. But by the time I contacted yeah. him, it was way gone. Oh, and yeah. It was like hours, you know. Yeah. Man, uh, back in the fall, there somebody, you know, we there's a group. It's like Tennessee used kayak fishing gear, kayaks and fishing gear, something like that. That a Facebook group, uh, in there, uh, they had a Hobie PA. I forget if it was twelve or a fourteen, but it's like only like two or three years old. Been either he used it one time or he. had bought it and never used it just sit in the garage it was like basically and had it for two thousand bucks with the drive and everything and dude it sold so fast and like i fished Aww. a tournament and everybody at the captain's meeting or like the uh the award ceremony or whatever everybody there was uh talking about that dude that posted it everybody wanted it they wish they would have got to it first crazy all right. Um, all right. So we've talked about our, our reels. Uh, how about uh, changing out line? How often do you do that? Like, I, I know that uh, obviously when it looks worn and it's starting to break on you and stuff, um, you know, it's definitely something I've probably also neglected a ton. I'm like, ah, it's still got some life left in it. You know, what's your um, go-to for that? Yeah, it depends. Like I kind of replace mine throughout the year, you know, as you break off or as you fray, um, you know, there's some like really rocky points where all, like my line will be frayed up, you know, seven, eight, nine feet, you know, when we're fishing those drop-offs and you set the hook on one that's down there at the end of that, you know, 10 feet down, you could have a, 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 a rub or, you know, burrs fraying 10 feet up. So you've got to take 10 feet of line off, snip it. So it might be, you know, two weeks that I'm, I'm doing that. Like my finesse jig combo, I respooled that multiple times. Whereas my top water frog rod, I didn't respool once, you know, so um, just kind of depends. Are, are you like a braid to leader kind of guy? No, I would say eight out of 10 combos are going to be straight fluorocarbon. It's my favorite to fish. Okay. But like, you know, frogging, 100% braid. I would never go anything else. Um, like my mono rod. So like my topwater spooks, poppers, uh, usually 15 pound mono. I don't usually do anything different than that. I've messed with braid to a leader. Now, unless we're only talking bait casters, spinning. I'm 100% braid to a leader always on spinning. It's just because the knot's smaller and, um, you know, the sensitivity for any sort of finesse stuff, like you, the, the sensitivity of braid is unmatched. Yeah, so, and it, 
plus fluoro on on a, a spinning reel, man, it's it's headache city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's headache city. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some stop, soft stuff out there. Um, like the P line floor clear is pretty soft. This doesn't have great abrasion resistance. Um, I used to use, well, I guess it's that's a copolymer, but um, I used to use, oh, I forgot to turn my compressor off, sorry. Um, <laughs> no I airbrush uh, the paint oh, and stuff, so. Yeah, the listeners cool. are loving it, so don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> sorry, guys. Is it super loud? I apologize. No. But it, it actually dimmed off there, so you can't hardly, can't hear okay. very much now. Good. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Damn uh, compressor. <laughs> well, oh, um, all of us. I used to use, yeah, I used to use Cigar Red Label on a spinning deal. And one thing that helps with that, actually, I think I saw this on Bill Dance a long time ago, is when you take your spool and put line on it, like right when you put, you spool up your spinning deal, take your actual spool off and run it under hot water, like not burning hot, but like decently hot water. And it'll actually change the memory to your spool. So when you go out and cast the first time, it doesn't, it's already trained to like that size of the spool. So it'll just kind of coil off. And usually actually, it's pretty manageable. I remember hearing that. Now that you, as soon as you said that, I was like, ah, I, I've heard that. I've never done it, but that's a good idea. I should. Yep. Well, I don't. Otherwise, really, I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, that helps a ton. Otherwise, guys will take their lure and hook it on something like a fence or whatever outside on a tree or something, and then walk it off like seventy yards, like past a long cast, and then stretch it, pull it a little bit, not actually on the reel, but just like hold the line in front of your reel and pull it and stretch it. And that'll actually take pretty much all the memory out. So then when you reel it back on, it's pretty limp and straight. So you don't have really any memory at all. And that kind of trains it right away. So cool. Those yeah, are pretty I, good ideas, but I, I don't know if I don't prefer to just do braid to a floor. <laughs> yeah. Or just go braid to a leader. Learn. Yeah. Learn yeah. Than yeah. Not and... yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. So, any other um, maintenance that you can think of that we're what are we forgetting? Anything? No, that's kind of the general stuff. Just try to keep it clean. Try not to ever set them down. So, like, that's the biggest thing for me is anytime I'm out with a reel, like when you set it down, always set it down butt first and lean it up against something. Like, never actually take your reel. And I do a lot of bank fishing, so for a boat guy, it's not a big deal. But like when you have your reel, don't ever set your reel down flat on the dirt or like in the sand or anything because that's like sand in a reel is it's so horrible. Like if you open up a reel and find sand, it's just because every little single one of those pieces can make a gritty, like it's just a nightmare. So if you can try to do that, always, always put the butt of the rod on something and keep it up. Never, ever lay them down. I guess so, that's one of the big things. So for us kayak guys, I feel like we have a bigger chance of like getting water in our reels. So is there any recommendations you would have for us for like cleaning, like, clean it out more often or like maybe the simple maintenance more often or, or especially if you dunk it or yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was going to say that really the only big deal is like if you actually dunk it and submerge it and a lot of these are going to have a drain port. So that's what people will ask what this deal is. It's actually a lube port is what they'll call it. This little square deal on the bottom of your bait caster. There's a little screw on the inside here. If it focuses, you can take that out and that's actually going to show exactly where your main gear is and you can grease it there. But if you just think you got a little water in, you can always take that off and hold it upside down to see if any water comes out. If you've actually got legit water coming out of there, then I would take your handle side plate off. So take your um, your handle off, your drag star, and then just take that up, this off. And don't worry about anything else in here. Just take this off and let it air dry or, you know, set it in the sun, but try to keep your line covered. Obviously, if you have like fluorocarbon or mono, you don't want to keep that in the sun, but try to air that out and dry that out with something, even if you've got like a hairdryer or heat gun and then put it back together. But what you don't want to do is get a whole bunch of water stuck in there, obviously, and then leave it setting for a long time. That's what's going to rust and corrode. And that's when you get in trouble. But like just through regular use, this is so sealed that usually you're not going to have like, even like when I frog with braid and it's just a sloppy mess and you've got water running down your arm and it's like disgusting your, your worm gear and everything will, will be gross on the outside, but usually when you crack this open, it's still completely dry in there. So, okay. So if I lay my, my rod down on, on the deck of my kayak and, you know, I, I get like a little splash from like paddling or something like that, you know, it shouldn't be a big deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. That only only if I'm deal. 
trying to bring a fish up and grab the middle of the rod and dunk the yep, wheel. And it goes completely down in. You don't notice it for all. Yeah, that's bad news. You want to you get that baby dried out. And same thing with your opposite side plate too. Take that off. And because if you let water <laughs> sit, each, each one's obviously going to be a little bit different. But if you let water sit up inside there, inside your bearing, then you're going to get bearings rusting and corroding. And so that's usually the only time you'll have bad, you know, bearing stuff. But. Well, I've definitely dunked mine more than once, and so that's good to know. Um, and like a quick, yeah, quick dunk usually isn't a big deal, but like if it's submerged there for a minute, you might want to want to pull that off and just check. Cool. That's awesome. definitely good to know. Yeah. Well, anything else we need to cover, or are we winding down here? Yeah, I think for real cleaning, that's really the only big thing. I mean, they're pretty easy to get into. Um, get a decent grease, some oil. <laughs> Uh, you'll need a 10, was it a 10 millimeter wrench? Usually fits, I think that's a 10 millimeter. Yeah, 10 millimeter wrench is usually going to be what you need for your handle nut here. And then just like a little Phillips, small Phillips screwdriver. Don't over tighten just like anything with a screw, especially if they're going into graphite. So like with an aluminum frame, obviously it's, you know, going metal screw into metal. But, you know, if you've got a, a, a graphite framed reel, you definitely don't want to over tighten it because that's essentially just plastic. So once you over tighten it and strip it, then you've got side plate screws and stuff that are, they have nothing to bite into. Right. So just get it to where they're snug and then just stop. You can always retighten them later, but once you strip it, you can't unstrip it. Cool. That's definitely a good yeah. tip too. Yeah. Cool, man. I appreciate you coming on here and talking with us yeah. about this. We'll, we'll have to get you back on here sometime to actually talk about like fishing sometime. Cause you've, been, sure. you've, you've had a lot of knowledge with the, with the real maintenance and all that. So I can only imagine what, you, what kind of knowledge you can give us with actually like fish tips and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I'm happy to help. Um, I always say I'm no pro, but I'll certainly share what I know, man, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, I've heard it so many times from so many big anglers. Uh, you know, you can learn something from everybody, whether they're for like sure beginner or been fishing for 60 years. I preach that too. There's always going to be somebody better than you, and there's always somebody that can learn from you. Always. Even if you're the top dog, <laughs> always can learn. Um, you know, we got it scrolling on – for people watching on like YouTube or now Facebook – you know, we got it scrolling on the bottom, your social media and stuff. But for people that are just listening, you want to shout out like social media. And if you have any sponsors, go ahead and chat those out too. Yeah. Um, just look up Debo's Fishing, uh, YouTube and Instagram, really. I'm on Facebook, but I honestly haven't touched it forever. Um, so if you have questions like with real cleaning, I try to help as many people as I can. Um, you can certainly message me, private message me on Instagram. I will try to help you to the best of my ability. Um uh, but like you guys were saying, I do have the videos up on YouTube and tackle junkie. Um, TJ 81 is another good guy to check out. He's got a full series as well. So we kind of give our own little different take on it. So watch both of them. Like you guys were saying, you can always learn from different angles, right? So you might like his stuff better than mine. Uh, he's a super nice guy too. I guarantee if you message him, he will help you. He gets a lot of those questions. So um, hit both of us up, but yeah, otherwise pleasure being on fellas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, coming on and enlightening us. I think it was definitely beneficial. It'll give me something to do for, you know, you know a little bit more time while I'm <coughs> chopping at the bit to get out on the water again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually hoping to get out on Sunday, you know, the day before this airs, you know, it's supposed to be like fifties. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know if they'll even be biting because, you know, it's been so cold all week long, but we'll, we'll see. But, uh, I'm what i was gonna say I'm, i don't think i'm gonna see 50s for a month yet <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while here too uh, i think i was just looking at the temp before and i think i'm negative two right now so oh my goodness uh i'm glad I'll <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh debo thank you once again for coming on here everybody thank oh, you sure. for listening uh this has been bass fishing for noobs bringing you the techniques tricks and tips to help you rip more lips later yo Later, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and
paddleandfin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.